Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of PharmaQuimit here. Welcome to the latest episode of PharmaQuimit's podcast series, Our Dealer Story. In this week's episode, I'm joined by brothers Ron and Don Parks from First Choice Farm and Lawn, a four-store Kubota dealership based in Tennessee. The brothers took over ownership of the dealership Ron had been working at in 2012 while they were 25 years old, along with financial partners Roger and David Williams. In the last eight years, they've added two more locations and are building their fifth location outside of Memphis. Something that we have to prove to our customers that yes, we can handle your needs as good as the other major brands. And I think we're proving that day in and day out. And that's one reason that we're seeing the growth that we are is because of that personal interest in making sure these guys are getting what they need to be profitable in their business. That was Ron Parks talking about building customer relationships and competing with the other major lines and larger dealership groups. Before we head over to my conversation with Ron and Don, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. We'll jump into the conversation with Ron and Don sharing the story of how two 25-year-olds ended up owning a Kubota dealership. This is the R Dealer story of First Choice Farm and Lawn. To start off, do you guys want to just tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the business? I know, Ron, you started off working at a Kubota dealership after college? Yeah, so I'll give you I'll give you the lowdown. So uh, Don and myself started, oh, we uh, both majored in ag business, the University of Tennessee at Martin, and both of us were worked in banking. I was just, you know, during college. I did various things at the bank, small jobs, things like that. Don was a financial advisor. Well, when I graduated, I decided I wanted to do something a little different. So I went to work for a gentleman named Danny Montgomery that had bought the Kubota store in Union City and went to work for him just a couple of weeks after he acquired the business. Oh, started putting up parts on the shelf and selling parts and helping around the shop and then worked my way up into management and sales relatively quickly. And then that was in 09 when I started and worked all the way through uh, 12. And in 2012, I hollered at Don. I said, hey, I think we might have an opportunity to purchase this business uh, if you you know, want to do that. And we got together and decided uh, that was the thing to do. Uh, you know, our, our being 25 years old when that process started, <laughs> we didn't have access to, you know, a whole lot of capital. Uh, right. And... So we hunt and pecked around trying to find some folks that would, you know, help us out, that had some strengths to be able to, uh, you know, make it to where we could borrow money and, you know, purchase the business. Mm-hmm. So uh, Roger David Williams uh, helped us with that, and the rest is history. We took over uh, January 1st, 2013 uh, with the Union City store and some remnants of a store in Dyersburg. Okay. And I think it was Don and myself and five other employees, maybe. And yeah, we hit the ground running. Uh, and at the, you know, at, at the time we were, you know, we were scared to death. Of course, you know, any <laughs> any number to us looked big. You know, so just just going through the the stuff that was involved, the the floor plans and the inventory on the parts. You know, when we first got started, you know, these were. You know, and, and now in hindsight, maybe it, it wasn't such a big deal for the equipment industry as far as the dealership and all that. But, you know, at the time when you're looking at a, a million dollars worth of, you know, on the ground tractors and construction equipment, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, we've we've got to sell through this stuff and we've got to get it turned quick. And 
it was just one of those deals where, you know, like, what have we gotten ourselves into? And right. trying every second of the day and still are, you know, to, to try to make that work. And, you know, and just at the time we didn't comprehend, you know, exactly what it took and, and, and the level of involvement financially and time of really what was looming in front of us. And, you know, we started out, like I said, Union City had been a dealer for, that dealership had been in place um, with the previous owner since the 1960s. So we had a great established customer base and, and parts customer base and a little, a little bit of a sales base there. And then uh, we took over and our, the facility in Dyersburg had just gotten underway and was not doing well and, you know, just really had, had a negative territory to work from in, uh, in Dyersburg. So I, I had wanted to continue working at the bank during this process and that did <laughs> all of about six months. Um, before we kind of figured out that, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stop doing what I'm doing, and go to, uh, and go to Dyersburg and try to get this dealership up off the ground. And at the time, Union City was experiencing really good growth with Ron, and things were really starting to plug along. At, you know, right around that one year mark, and we were kind of off to the races then, and really started trying to gear the the company more towards a a service reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, taking care of these customers and making sure people what didn't have equipment in the shop for weeks on end, and it, it started to work really well. And then what, Ron? 2015 or 16, the opportunity became available to purchase. It was a J and J Ford tractor that was in uh, Savannah, Tennessee, and so uh, we got a phone call from a rep said, "Hey, um, y'all might want to come down and talk to these guys. I think the family's kind of interested in 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 maybe selling out and have really just kind of." gotten tired of the business and uh that's a funny story in of itself you know we've heard of savannah and and pickwick lake and all that down there but we had never been there so we just we jumped oh, in wow. the truck and drove down there one day and just drove around the area you know looking at the farm sizes and you know the type of properties that were prevalent and in the midst of driving around down there we we really fell in love with the area okay uh it's a little bit different than northwest tennessee and the people down there were were great. So we, you know, that's something we decided to move right along with pretty quick. I mean, what did it take us to make up our mind on a week? Yeah, something like that. And, and we came down here, and it, it was an older dealership, and I think it had been in place since the early 50s. And we walked into the dealership for the first time, and, you know, there we had always kind of been a fan of the big showrooms. You know, we want a lot of equipment inside, inside storage, somebody to be able to walk in the front door and, and see everything right there under one roof. Yeah. And we walked into that dealership, and when I tell you they could not fit a single lawnmower in what we would call their showroom, it was pretty much a parts counter. And uh, we were like, "Oh my gosh, you know this is this is different than what we've kind of been used to." And um, but we came in and and kind of like I said, took over. All the employees left. Um, really, the day we took over and decided they wanted to go do other things, so. It left me and Ron down in, in Savannah. I think we were here for two weeks by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, trying to run the parts department, the sales department, the service department. And we just, <laughs> one by one, bringing people in, whether it was a technician. And then uh, we were able to secure a deal on a piece of property south of town. And uh, we uh, started having our, our big dealership built here, in about 26,000 square feet, and, and really kind of built our dream dealership. 
And uh, awesome. yeah, it was off to the races. So I think the company we took over was doing maybe about $2 million in sales a year um, across all their lines. And uh, what did what did we do finish up last year here in Savannah, Ron, by itself? Uh, about $11 million. So, and that, and that took place in a pretty short time frame. So it's yeah. great. So, and then uh, Mayfield, Kentucky came uh, at the end of 2018. 18. Um, and there was an existing dealer in Kentucky and um, he'd been in the business for a long time. And, you know, just, I, I think he, he wanted some help and wanted somebody to, to come in to where he could make life a little bit more enjoyable for his family. Cause it was just him and his wife. And, you know, they were just having to live here and kids and, um, we came in and, and bought them and partnered with him and he stayed on, um, great guy and just allowed him to have more time for his family and then had the support of our back office. And, um, it really turned into a good situation up there. And, uh, in about two weeks, we're moving into a brand new facility in Mayfield, um, that has been under construction for about a year and a half now. So, um, we are, uh, we're pumped for, for what's going on up in West Kentucky. And it's- yeah, the West Kentucky market is is probably one of our best markets uh, as far as uh, opportunity goes. You know, unit count sold, type of diversity in farming operations up there is is a little more than what it is in West Tennessee. You know, there's there's quite a bit of tobacco, hemp. You know, we'll see how long that goes. That's yeah. supposed to be hitting some major hiccups. But uh, cattle, row crop, there's a lot of feed operations up there. Uh a lot of small estates and things like that, people that we really cater to. So the West Kentucky market is a is an outstanding market, and that's that's one market that I'm really excited about as far as competing in and and bringing something a little bit different to to that area. So we we see a lot of future and a lot of upside up there. We put together a really good team uh, focused on uh, mobile service. You know, our truck fleet's increasing. Our shop we just built up there is brand new state of the art facility. We've hired what I consider top-of-the-market technicians to really go out and prove to folks that, that we can support your cattle and row crop operations. As good as uh, John Deere and international dealerships go, right. uh, that's something that we think we can really compete with uh, in that area now. Okay. So it doesn't sound like you guys have uh, stopped moving since, <laughs> since no, 2009 or 2012. We have been in a construction project for seven years. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a new construction, a remodel, it's it has been nonstop uh, for that period of time, and you know one one reason we're able to do that is is growth and continuing to to go after segments you know competitively versus our you know versus everybody else. Right. That's one thing that, that has been a success for us is is relaying to the customers you know a, a more personal side to it as opposed to some of your you know large ten twenty store operations. Uh, even though that we've got several stores under our belt now, uh, Don and myself are uh, what I consider frontline guys. Okay. You know, we'll be out in the hayfield. Uh, you know, we if we've got to go down and help on the parks counter, that's something that both of us do on a daily basis. You know, we take a personal interest in in all of our customers and the success of them, uh, and making sure that that we're providing the support for the investment that they've made in us when they when they purchase their equipment or their parts, you know, that's that's something that you've really got to focus on these days if you want to capture business from, you know, other brands and especially with Kubota coming on as far as a competing in the ag market, mm-hmm. that's something that we have to prove to our customers that, yes, we can handle your needs 
as good as the other major brands. And I, and I think we're proving that uh, day in and day out. And that's one reason that we're seeing the growth that we are is because of that personal interest in making sure these guys are getting what they need to be profitable in their business. We'll get back to the First Choice Farm and Lawn story in a minute, but first I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hbssystems.com. After that, head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. And to learn more about the next Dealership Mind Summit and to register, visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com. Now back to the story of First Choice Farm and Lawn and Don sharing what went through his mind when Ron came to him with the idea to buy the business. So going back a little bit to uh, kind of when you guys got started, how much, um, Don, how much convincing did it take when, when Ron called you up and said, hey, I think we should buy this dealership? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it took quite a bit. Um, the prior owner, Mr. Montgomery, when I tell you he's a wheeler and dealer, he is a wheeler and dealer. And, you know, it, it, there was so much vagueness in, in the original business purchase. Um, I was scared to death. I mean, of course, I spent most of my days analyzing numbers, you know, whether it was uh, stocks or bonds or dividends, just trying to, to figure out what was the safest and, and best thing for people. And then all of a sudden this deal gets brought in front of me. And, uh, and pretty much my answers to Don were on the questions like, I don't know, you know, everything but what i do know is there's a huge opportunity here you know this was not something that was just down to the t on specifics and yeah so it was you know it was a to me i saw you know ron has always pushed me and always you know he's the the optimist the internal hell let's go do it you know just let's go 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 and uh (laughs) i was more of the you know hey maybe let's let's look at the risk what can go wrong you know, are you going to break me? I mean, what are we going to do? And uh, so he, uh, like most of the time, he was able to convince me that this is what we needed to do. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I jumped in and I said, look, I'm going to keep my job. If something goes wrong here, at least we've got some income that we can at least, you know, pay somebody back if all this hits the fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, it didn't. And like I said, we were off to the races and, and it still surprises me every day, you know, um, like I said, just through the things that Ron talked about that we try to accomplish, um, how, how busy this business really is for us and, uh, and, and how much is going on. So I'm starting to think that we've got a little bit of a problem, maybe an addiction to construction. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully one of these days that will, uh, that will slow down a little bit, but, um, but it, it's good, you know, and, and me and Ron, we're two, t- we're, we're twins. We've, you know, same classes, same college, same fraternity, same hunting, same everything our entire yeah. life, and still very different people. But you know, his aggressive attitude towards business and 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 life, and my I would guess I don't want to say timid, but my reserved sense um, has balanced really well together. And uh, and I guess those two primary differences, when when put together has worked really well for us. So we still scream at each other maybe um, on a daily basis and, and argue and fight and bigger. But at the end of the day, we we're at each other's houses or on the phone 30 times a day. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting, but always um, so much fun. And I'll tell you, I mean, the, the biggest reason for our success, uh, and we still have a long way to go, but the, the biggest thing that's got us to where we are today 
is the people that work with us every day. Mm-hmm. When I tell you we have wonderful employees and partners that work with us, I, I mean, they're, they're second to none. I mean, we've got people that have been in the industry for years, but we also have a lot of people that have not. You know, we've I've found it uh, just as good to take some people, you know, it, it could they could be out of the accounting firm, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, insurance business. You know, anybody like that or from the banks that's good at dealing with people and intelligent and quick on their feet that has that customer service experience, you know, we can teach them the equipment. Right. We do trainings out on the farm and, you know, just continuing education every day and surrounding ourselves and and putting people in place that are capable has been the number one reason that, you know, the growth is there and why we're at today. I mean, that's... And that's it. It's just great people that we've been able to find and surround ourselves with family. I think uh, both both my brother-in-laws work for us. Uh, Don and myself's brother uh, works for us. Uh, nieces, nephews, uh, cousins. You know, we've just we pretty much wiped out the family tree now. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're having to look elsewhere. But You're gonna have to, yeah. People that that are in this business with us on a daily basis that, that take care of our customers are, are really the best in the industry. That's great. So when you guys bought the business from um, Dan Montgomery, did a lot of the, did the staff stay on at least initially in that transition? Yes. Uh, there is a, uh, a lady named Carrie Potts, our controller, a gentleman named Ray Halford, and then a, a technician, Mark McClure. I think there was maybe one other person, one or two, maybe a driver and a technician. But that original crew that I worked with are all still here, okay. with the exceptions okay. of, like I mentioned, a couple of people, maybe a driver and another technician that have, you know, that rotated out several years ago or something. But yes, we're all still together. Okay, that's great. What was that like for those employees who then all of a sudden these 24-year-old guys were not uh, in charge? Well, what was that uh, transition like? Her, she cried because uh, <laughs> she didn't know what to expect. Of course, we're all friends. Uh, and Ray Halford, who's he's uh, one of our parts managers, and, uh, I mean, he's been in the business, in the parts business for years and years. And, uh, you know, Ray's been a fatherly figure to me for that amount of time since I started in this business. I mean, it was excitement. There was some apprehension. You know, people were nervous, didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we had worked together, and uh, it was great, to be honest with you. I mean, nothing changed. Uh, I've always been the type that Don has too. You know, obviously we're the employer, uh, but we we treat everybody the same. Uh, you okay. know, it doesn't matter okay. if you're the company controller, the best sales guy in the company, a technician or a truck driver. Everybody has a job to do. And we have a business to run, but we operate as, as you know, friends and and try to make the environment great. And that's that's a big positive for uh, for that. Okay, Roger and David, I know they have another another very successful business. Are they more just financial partners in the business, and are they still partners in the business? Yes, they are still partners in the business. Uh, they're not involved in any day-to-day operations to speak of. Okay. Uh, so, but yes, they are still partners in the business. Okay. They must have had some pretty good good faith in you guys to be at least initially that that financial backing for this business. Yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I'll let you answer that, Don. I, I think they had good faith in us. 
Yeah, we uh, they we had been around each other. Um, they we all live within like three miles of each other um, out in the boonies in West Tennessee, and grew up with her daughters and and son, and had, had, and were great friends with them. So you know, from you know grade school up, we had we had been around them. So you know, this wasn't a, a cold call walking into somebody's door, right? But uh, but yeah, I, I think there was a level of trust and and definitely a lot of trust and respect on our part for them and uh you know everybody kicked in uh money that me and ron didn't have and money they had and and uh they made us put as much skin in the game as they did so um they uh they took a chance and and hopefully uh hopefully they're happy with that decision and i think they are good and then um back to that you know initial buying the taking over the business i imagine it needed to get approved by maybe it did approved by Kubota. Did you know? Did oh, Kubota yeah. have any reservations about? I mean, maybe because it was you had partners in in it, so it wasn't really just just the two of you. But Obviously, how was that you know, like? As, as you know, the qualifications for being a dealer of a mainline manufacturer like that are are pretty significant on the financial right. side of it, especially in the last ten years. I mean, you know, they're looking for financially viable people, companies. It's very tough to get a Kubota dealership, you know, equally as I'm sure as it is uh, John Deere, International, Caterpillar, anything like that. I mean, most of them now are, you know, being gobbled up by giant corporations uh, just for the financial strength of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough to be a mom-and-pop operator anymore, uh, if not impossible. Right. Uh, so, you know, Roger and David really helped on that end as far as, you know, having the financial strength that we could do this. Now, as far as Kubota goes and the ability to operate the business, we had a rep who I had, you know, worked with, obviously, with the prior owner for, for several years uh, named Hank Borman. And uh, Hank had worked for New Holland for years and years and then been with Kubota for equally as long. And he uh, had worked with me on a monthly basis basis, weekly basis, and uh, he's seen a lot of confidence in us, and he had confidence in us, so Hank was able to uh, to really push the ball forward for us okay. on that, and they gave us a shot, you know, he pretty much said, you know, look, Kubota, I think these guys are going to get in there and hustle it, go after the market, and do a good job for us, and, you know, we were able to uh, do that, and... So, you know, the rest kind of fell in place. And uh, Hank, uh, has he since passed away uh, last year. Uh, but Hank was a big supporter of us. And there's been a lot of a lot of people in Kubota that have put a lot of faith and a lot of stock uh, into us. And that's something that we're very appreciative of. And hopefully that pays dividends for them. Yeah, yeah. And then um, prior to... You starting to work at this dealership, uh, Ron, right after college, like growing up, you know, or your family backgrounds or anything, did you guys have any sort of ag or dealership family background uh, or was this just Oh, I mean, you know, we, we grew different. up out in the country and some of our very good friends are, you know, they're farmers and uh, we'd be out just tinkering with them and, you know, dad always had a little tractor and we bush hogged and, you know, we had 20 or 30 acres or something that that we always uh, messed around on. And Ted, the thing that the thing that got me kind of interested in it is Dad always had a, a little Kubota tractor. And that thing was just like a brick wall. I mean, it was <laughs> great. And, like, never had any trouble out of it. And 
And so I thought, you know, if you really get out and hustle this and, you know, use the programming and things like that and take care of people, you ought to be able to sell the fire out of these things. Mm-hmm. And that proved to be right. Uh, you know, that's just kind of what led me to go down that path. Uh, you know, obviously we had the, I had the ag business in, in college, and, you know, I liked the ag end of of business, okay. you know, whether it be farm equipment or crop insurance or whatever. I mean, you know, seeds, chemicals, I always enjoyed that, you know, and, and watching how that worked and the agronomy and, you know, that's just kind of what made me jump in into that. Okay. And then, so this new store you guys are, are building now um, in Memphis um, or near Memphis, I don't know if it's actually in Memphis itself. Um, that's kind of a different area. Why, uh, why that market or that area? Um, well, you know, we, I guess we've always had an eye on a bigger market, I guess more of a metropolitan. And, and we, we got into the construction side has always been a big part of the Kubota business for us. And we really wanted to kind of get closer to one of those metro markets um, because we've had such a success with the, the construction side of the business that we thought if we can get closer to one of those population centers, closer to a lot of construction, um, that that segment of the business would really grow for us. Okay. And, uh, and, and that was kind of the, I guess, the initial push towards that area. Um, and then when we got down there, you know, you don't realize just outside of the metro markets, you know, how many farms and small horse farms and commercial moors and, uh, you know, all that stuff that's there. And uh, that was our initial draw. And okay. the market was wide open for it. So, you know, that's, we were heading, that's where we wanted to head down there. Right. So you don't have to get too far out of, of, out of Memphis then to be relatively rural. No, so there's um there is uh we're in a little area called Eads, which is uh on Highway 64 and it goes all the way out into, you know, cattle country, horse country, and uh we're sitting on a big outer interstate loop that can pretty much get you anywhere in Memphis you want to be in 20, 25 minutes. Okay. Um, it seemed like a perfect spot. How much um I guess with the the mention of, you know, this gives the opportunity to kind of expand some of that construction business. How how is the business divided in terms of the markets you guys serve? In respect to like percentage of construction versus tractors or Yeah, so like construction versus ag versus lawn and garden kind of stuff. So it really it really just kind of depends on the dealership. So it's it's so crazy, you know, dealerships are not terribly far apart. Um Savannah's kind of the outlier at the moment. Um, you know, like in Dyersburg, which is where I stay most of the time, our turf business is huge. And uh, we sell quite a bit of construction equipment, but it's really dollar for dollar. It's about an even split between turf and tractors and construction. Okay. Um, and you get down to Savannah and Mayfield and a little bit more of a, a rural, isolated area, and it's definitely more tractors. Um, okay. But the, the construction is, I mean, it's solid probably 30% of the business, wouldn't you say, Ron? Yeah, I'd say 30 to 35%. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then is this the new store in Eads, is that the first one you guys have just built from the ground up in your expansion? The other ones were stores you acquired, right? Uh, yeah, um others it was other dealerships that we acquired and then have, you know, since moved the facility or built a new new construction. Um Savannah was a new construction. Uh Mayfield we're finishing up with a new construction and uh, the Memphis store, the Eads store will be the first that we haven't acquired another business. Okay. 
in that. So yes, it'll be the the first true startup uh, with no base, no parts, uh, you know, nothing. Everything in that store will be brand new. Okay. And then how have you guys grown from an employee standpoint? So you started out and it was was five of you all together, I think you said, right? Yeah, it was, uh, Don and myself and five other uh, oh, okay. people. And that was in 13, the beginning of 13, that was how the land laid. And uh, fast forward to today, we have uh, just north of 80. Okay. That's pretty good. That's some pretty good growth in eight years, seven years. Yes, in, in personnel <laughs> and weekly payroll, both extremely. <laughs> yeah. So do you see um, once this, this new store is finished, you know, are you going to keep continue to keep growing and, and adding locations, or, you know, is that a – if an opportunity arises, you'll consider. Well, you know, like uh, never, never shut the door in front of you. Yeah. You know, uh, it's to say there's a long-term strategic plan. There probably is, yes, uh, <laughs> but it's just a, uh, you know, as the opportunity comes and when the timing's right, uh, you know, there's certain areas that we that we look to and. You know, it's just all about when the when the timing is there. Mm-hmm. We never expected to grow this fast. Uh, hey, but hey, Kim. Yes. I'll give you the short answer to that question, and the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That was very, that was very diplomatic, though, Ron. I'll yeah, thanks. I, I like that answer. Thanks so much to Ron and Don Parks for taking the time to sit down and share First Choice Farm and Lawn's story with us. And another thanks to HBS Systems for making this podcast possible. I'd love to get your feedback on the series, so drop me a line at kschmidt@lessetermedia.com. You can subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. This will ensure you're alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks for joining us for this one-on-one conversation with Ron and Don Parks. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt, signing out of the Our Dealer Story Podcast. <laughs>